0: So what you're
1: saying is... We, we need s- Greece, we need Tony Pulis. This is not the dream job. This is reality. I am an actor. The best word I can say but uh, will describe this was... Boom! The Premier League... He's a fraud. Yeah, Nobby Styles. he was football's equivalent to Popeye. Weedy-looking man with glasses and no teeth. And when he walked on that football field, you'd think it was Goliath.
0: It frustrates me. I mean, Martinez lose all I mean, it's like Men in Black is. Have you ever seen the film Men in Black?
1: Ferret head. Very much looks like a ferret, doesn't it? <laughs>
0: hello and welcome to the balls.e football show that's our football show here on balls.e brought to you in association with ladbrokes a reminder to check out our other football podcasts including the newly launched friends in football where Chelsea legends Pat Nevin and Graeme LaSalle join us for a really fascinating chat that made me feel like a bit of a feckless moron. But you can subscribe to our football pods on iTunes by simply searching Balls Football and selecting podcasts. My own name is Gavin Casey and coming up on today's show, we'll be going through some of your absolutely outrageous ideas to improve the Premier League. We're just off Facebook Live and uh, we'll also have our lab broke's bed of the week. But first... Uh, considering i'm joined on today's condensed episode by Arsene Wenger apologist Gavin
1: Cooney or is it Gavin Gooney uh, a pseudo gooner <laughs> i'm enjoying I'm, i've been hoisted high by uh, on the internet equivalent of Arsenal fans' shoulders so I've been enjoying it and obviously been indulging it since and the reason we are condensed is because i spent most of the morning and the afternoon crying for the poor fall of Arsene Wenger I mean this is surely it now isn't it? Uh, listen when you
0: suffer an aggregate defeat of 10 open brackets T-E-N close brackets 2 that's uh, the end of the road for most managers I'd say if you're if you're talking about like managing a top club it was obviously a humiliating defeat their worst ever at the Emirates but you know like What could you really expect from them last night? Like, as soon as... I suppose, yeah, you're going into the game and like you have to sort of keep your pride intact or whatever, but the tie's over. And as soon as Bayern score one, how could you possibly, from an Arsenal perspective, be even bothered about playing that game?
1: Yeah, it's true. I mean, Arsenal are, of course, famously incredibly consistent. I mean, they took the consistent kind of joke levels by following up a 5-1 defeat to Bayern Munich with a 5-1 defeat to Bayern Munich. In terms of where the game went wrong, I mean, it quite obviously went wrong... Uh, with Lauren Koscielny, anytime Lauren Koscielny was on the pitch, things were okay yeah. for the period Again, uh, for the periods while he played for Arsenal against Byron, they actually won that game two one. It's just the slight nine 0 defeat and the rest of it ultimately caused trouble. Um, I mean, I, Roy Keane's analysis after the first leg was quite coldly cutting. That he's uh, like everybody reacts with such shock and such hysteria to these Arsenal defeats, and he was he just said on ITV. I mean, what else do you expect? Yeah. I didn't expect them to go win there. <laughs> I mean, they've actually lost, lost 5-1 in Munich before these two defeats as well. So he's like, I mean, what do you expect? You know, yeah. there's no so. point in even criticising Arsenal anymore. <laughs> you from Cove. <laughs> Sorry, what? no, that makes, doesn't make
0: sense. <laughs> well, he lived there at one point. Uh, he probably picked up a bit of the uh, Cove brogue, but uh, he was right. He was right. That was a couple of weeks ago. It, it kind of, it was like uh, one of those moments where somebody says something and like a light bulb goes off off over your head where you're like, actually, yeah, um, I'm sick of trying to make sense of it in my head. You know, this is just what happens with them now. Let's let's leave them off, do their thing. And uh, I don't think it's going to change under Arsene Wenger. You have to be realistic; he's not going to be there in the summer. But you believe that people who are calling for his head will rue the day that they wanted I, the great yeah. Arsene Wenger sack.
1: I got a small bit of stick from some Arsenal fans, and I can kind of see where they're coming from in the sense that they're sick of this idea that they should be careful what they wish for. Um, I kind of partly believe it. I think that this. I think this podcast episode is going to become the episode where we all admit that football is kind of fucked, generally. Yeah. I mean, we have uh, the Facebook Live, the Ball Bag Live section, is ideas on how to improve it. But I think Arsene Wenger has a great clarity of understanding that football is essentially fucked, that it's not a whole lot more than just an undertaking, an accounting and misanthropy in which you the ability to waste large amounts of money and treat everyone like a prick is coveted as... The necessary actions of the cold and pragmatic winner I think Wenger has given up on winning I I mean, and sorry, maybe that's a little bit unfair But Wenger no longer places winning as the number one thing That he should do as the manager of Arsenal Because if he did believe that He would have played Alexis Sanchez at Anfield And he would, like he is an intelligent man He would have, you know, parked the bus at 3-1 down in the first leg, you know I think Wenger has realised that he's not going to outspend Chelsea. He's not going to outspend Manchester City. So I'm going to come across in, as incredibly, um, what's the word, pretentious here. Uh, sorry, I'm looking for a better word than pretentious. Um, in the sense that Arsene Wenger just wants to create art. And he's talked about this with Le Keep. The I don't know, did you read this amazing interview that he talked about, uh, to that he gave to L'Equipe in 2015? Did you read it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. well I, I
0: read it around that time But I saw you tweeted it out again recently Was that the one you tweeted out uh, yeah, the other day? Yeah, 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 the, yeah. I, I didn't
1: re- re-read it so. The interview where he talks about He's a facilitator to bring out the best And all that is beautiful in man Now can you imagine what Sam Allardyce Thought of this interview When, um, when it came out Well I for, mean, for one thing he couldn't read it So <laughs> we need not worry I mean I can't imagine that Sam Allardyce believes there's anything beautiful in man other than maybe like a recently digested kebab, or indeed the entire the wholeness of his being. Yeah. Um so Wenger kinda wants to has is kind of railing against this idea how like how temporary football has become, that football is just obsessed with change. He talks about happiness in this article. The philosophical definition of happiness is a match between what you want and what you have, and what you want changes as soon as you've got it. Always more, always better, hence the difficulty to satisfy. So Arsenal fans have been given this thing and they've been given it every single season. It's fourth place. It might be the FA Cup. And it's even the same trend of results. It's the last 16 eggs in the Champions League. Then there's the comeback and they'll finish fourth or third, possibly occasionally second like they did last season. But they can see Chelsea win the league and then they finish 10th and then they're going to win the league again. They kind of... What they want is change. They just want something different. They want to be entertained. But... Soon, everybody, everything in football is just about supporting change. It's just about supporting. Well, the next guy comes in. So, I mean, how? I mean, how do you like? How? How's that living? You know, it's just a li- like a day-to-day thing. I mean, there's no. Yeah, it
0: sounds, frankly, like you're going through a bit of an existential crisis, Kev, If you don't, I'm, mind go- me, saying. I'm me
1: and Arsene holding hands, going through the storm, this storm of existentialism, and in the same interview, Wenger says, "A civilization that does not honor its dead or its values is doomed." So Wenger. He's so so Craig
0: Shakespearean really as much
1: as Um So Wenger wants to get away from this, and he sa- and I think his theory is that okay, rather than just setting out a team to win all the time, we're going to set out one that creates art and creates something romance. Yeah, that that um, the, yeah, something uh, something profound. More, yeah, like a, a piece of skill or a goal, like or a scorpion kick or a touch or a volley from the edge of the box that Arsenal fans will not remember what time in the match it came in, but will remember the date, you know? Right. That kind of thing that is almost something kind of fleeting, but ends up being quite memorable. But I then, like Finger, because he allows me to talk like this, by the way. Yeah, oh, shit. Jesus,
0: you're on a roll here. But I suppose, like, in terms of remembering dates and uh, significant events, such as, say, Giroud's goal that you mentioned there, surely, you know, the date, I suppose, around the 7th, 8th of March must haunt Arsenal fans, because there's no way you wouldn't be able to remember going out in the last 16, seven years in a row. Yeah, I know. So at what point is his point pointless? Fingers. Because like, as much as you might romanticize about the sport and all of this beauty it can produce and the emotions it can evoke, if most of that emotion is now anger and disappointment, then that's like you know creating art akin to that song Friday by that 13-year-old girl whose parents paid for her to be a, be a pop star. Just <laughs> absolutely, just evoking anger for no
1: reason, really. Oh yeah, and and that's why I think that this is the end for Wenger. I think that he is pretty much the only man who believes this anymore in the Premier League. He's peaked as an artist. I think. Oh yeah, he's peaked as an artist in terms that he's lo- he's looking like a, a fucking madman. You know, yeah. I mean, and, and a totally unsuccessful one as well. But they're they're all the great artists. But that's um, the thing. He like like the great
0: artists. It's when he's gone. He'll be an uh, like he'll be revered as one of the great yeah. the great minds. The great. I, uh, I, I
1: genuinely think that it would because at some stage with the Premier League, I think the satellite television thing will burst, and everyone will be forced to take a step back, or there'll be some big scandal that will eventually engulf football, and they'll realize, oh, maybe we got a bit carried away there. And, and I genuinely think that Wenger's idea that maybe it's not that Im- he's he's just such a different outlook on. On sport, I think he obviously likes to win and he wants to win. And he's a bit of an he's a bit of an arsehole when he loses, but I just feel that he he's kind of wanting to take a step back from like the Jose Mourinho of this world. He would poke someone in the eye and that you know that kind of stuff. Yeah, I think that's understandable. Uh, I I ultimately I don't
0: think it's I don't know what he, he's coming at it from a different sort of moral perspective. But like his career will end, his legacy will temporarily be impacted. I'd imagine, mm. mind you. It's one of those things where as soon as he does walk away and it, it again it's looking like the summer it's only going to take one sky sports montage to to you know evoke that that emotion once more and for people to realize wow there goes a great man you know the last of his kind and, yeah, whatnot. Goes. and then maybe from being a disastrous manager towards the end of his tenure he just gets catapulted onto this pedestal again you know as as a great man that's probably what will happen and in that sense maybe it is just time for him to walk away but then again that's not necessarily what he's looking for like he's very much living in the moment creating things on the fly during the week you know I think he's even I remember, from what I remember of that Lake Heep article he's a guy who sort of uh, just goes day by day you know I don't no, think yeah. he's looking necessarily towards towards the summer it is interesting I mean if you're an Arsenal fan uh, and you have opinions. I remember the very first episode of this podcast, we had um, Andrew Mangan yeah. from Ars Blog on. And uh, actually, we, we said we'd check in with him again. It might be time to do so <laughs> soon, to be honest. But uh, I suppose if you're looking for Andrew's um, take, Ars
1: Blog is always available for a few Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, I mean, it has to, I mean, it will end for Venger because it's come to a stage where the bulk of the fans have a totally different view of what should happen than the manager himself. And maybe, you, I mean, I heard Stuart Robson talking about that. So maybe you can say he's been indulged and that this isn't, this is Wenger, Arsenal shouldn't be Wenger's pet project regardless of how long he's been there and what he's what he's contributed to the club. Um, it's a kind of a romantic ideal from Wenger and it's kind of a noble pursuit, but ultimately it will end him, him going and until it ends in him going, he's going to be booed and there was... Hither, like the, those protests at, Ar- at Arsenal last night were bigger than anything we've ever seen seen before against him. More important was the fact that the ground wasn't full; it wasn't well, nearly I, full.
0: Those two things, I, I think, were major, like major players in in what's to come the summer, big time. I also think that the most impactful moment from last night's game was the fact that nobody booed at the final whistle. There was this numb,
1: the numb famous, acceptance. They'd given up, you know. Yeah. Like
0: there, there wasn't even a, a sort of a remote sense of anything but apathy at that point it was just like yeah this is kind of what we saw coming probably when the draw was made we mm. knew we'd be going out at this point after 5-1 at Munich we knew it was going to be bad here and then as soon as Koscieli goes off it's like yeah we're, we're done to not even muster up the energy to boo is really uh, quite something for Arsenal fans in particular who love nothing more <laughs> than howling with derision at their manager and team
1: particularly um, in the last couple of years we'll wrap it on your tip for his successor who, 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 do, you, who do you like who do you think it'll be
0: I'm finding it hard to care, frankly.
1: I think that <laughs> is a poison chalice, and I don't think
0: whoever goes in there is going to do a very good job. I, I, I see another Moisian situation do you? developing at Arsenal. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, I think are I, better I, off keeping fingers out. Well, it depends on what you're looking for as a fan. But, yeah, I suppose. Uh,
1: like, you want art, you keep finger.
0: If you want art, you keep finger. If you want art, maybe you move towards someone like, um, who's a good, you know, Yanaya Emery or someone like that who, who definitely. Uh, I think would would think along the same lines
1: as as Wenger, but at Bielsa, the same time we need Bielsa at Arsenal. See, I Bielsa two, is a fraud. Um, Bielsa, uh, eh, well, he is like I mean, in I terms is, of if the ambition is to win, then he is a fraud. And I think increasingly, if the ambition is to win, then Wenger is a bit of a fraud as well. Yeah, because if, he's not that you know. politically like, I,
0: I think ultimately, like regardless of who the manager is, when you look at some of those players, and I know it's it's a cliched argument or whatever, but like a lot of those players don't have the actual character of champions you know and whatever last year was a bit of an anomaly we saw a lot of players who arguably didn't have the character develop the character in the space of a season for Leicester yeah. but you know those guys are they're all decent players but it's just a team that lacks leadership and it lacks somebody who can take a game with a scruff of the neck not necessarily in terms of like a playmaking role and feeding balls through but somebody who can make lay down a marker a keen on overmars type tackle yeah. at the start of a game and know like, just to let the opposition know, you can't come to the Emirates and roll us over. And they haven't had that. And he's never really looked to buy that. Like maybe that's what he was trying to get with Shaka. But how can you not know that a man who's playing in your holding midfield role cannot tackle? No. It, that's absurd to me. That Maybe one of his poor signings, even though I'm sure he transpired to be a fine player. But for what he was looking for from Shaka this season, a, a joke signing.
1: Yeah, Wenger is a little bit like um, like a third-level English teacher. Who has who is like twenty students in a room and doesn't bother if eighteen of them don't turn up and read the book? Well, he's happy to have created an environment for independent learning. I mean, he's, he 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 doesn't he just doesn't impose his will on players as much as you think if, like, say, Mourinho does, or I don't know, name it like Ranieri did last season, or Antonio Conte does, because he feels well, might maybe that will get in their way of their inner inner beauty inner skill doesn't developing. want
0: to inhibit them with uh, things like maybe responsibilities yeah pitch, oh no no example. there's
1: no, in, there's, no uh, there's nothing there what I would say yeah. is that I was to an Arsenal fan last night and he reckons Diego Simeone uh, he'd like to see Diego Simeone which would be the biggest, the biggest possible swing wow, yeah. in attitude and approach I would love to see uh, Theo Walcott being managed by Diego Simeone Oh, Walcott imagine. would literally run away from Simioli. Imagine
0: City. Cholo on the sidelines looking at Walcott sort of going down from an ankle tap for someone like Por qué, tío? Por qué? All right, let's move on before I actually lose the run of myself here.
1: <laughs> at Ladbrokes, if one team lets you down on your ACA of five teams or more, you'll get your money back as a free bet up to €25. Euro. Ladbrokes, online, mobile and in-shop. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. on louis.net.
0: It's time for our Ladbrokes Bet of the Week. Uh, I don't know who made the last one. I, I,
1: I got two ba- I got back-to-back bets because my double came off a couple of weeks ago and then, um, emboldened by my success, I backed more than four and a half goals in Liverpool-Arsenal. It was only one short, but I was short. I should say the Mikey Trainer. Uh, we did a squeaky ball term just before the game, and uh, Mikey Trainer uh, correctly predicted that Liverpool would win that game three-one.
0: So did I, but I I did not do it in the public forum.
1: Ah, so uh, yeah, yeah, get. yeah, yeah. I went public with my four-all prediction and four goals for Olivier Giroud. sorry slightly wrong in there. So you get the bet again. Yeah, listen. Uh
0: I'm looking at Barcelona and PSG and I just like the idea of um getting 6 to 4 odds for Barcelona to win the both teams to score because Barcelona obviously are going to pile players forward or at least do their version of that where you don't necessarily have to put numbers in the uh, in opposition territory but they'll still be you know absolutely thundering forward. Um PSG will score, that's a given because because again of of uh, Barcelona pushing so many forward and like PSG look dangerous on the counter in the first leg uh, There's not even I don't even think you need to justify this one I think that's going to happen the, the only risk and the only way it doesn't happen Is that if PSG score early And Barcelona just fold the same way Arsenal did last night And all of a sudden PSG get 3 goals or something But 6-4, to four, Barca to win, both teams to score um,
1: but we manager, don't. Man. You don't think the virus is going to turn around? I mean, everybody would probably know whether the turn around or the thing The thing is, like,
0: the, obviously, when you were looking at the first leg, you would have thought it's beyond them. Even uh, you know, the Barcelona of old, you would have given a chance. The Barcelona of old, it was as if it was a different team. Yeah, I, I suppose just exactly last season's team who was playing or were playing for the manager and looked um, at least interested in what they were doing but since that first leg defeat they've sort of come back and maybe they're a little bit reinvigorated by Luis Enrique announcing that he's, yeah. that he's departing <laughs> we're getting rid of this and guy mission, hint, hint, mission hint, Darson. Uh, so <laughs> you know uh, I wouldn't write it off but I just don't see like PSG even though they they haven't been as effective in France this season their defence is at least from what I saw in the first leg I haven't seen much of them this season now but like their defence look good I, I can't really see them shipping four Uh, Which is what I'd need to take a chance. I mean, like again, I think it comes down to the fact that they're going to score, and ultimately, if they score, you're talking about needing. Yeah, so Barca PSG. That's uh, one of Ladbrokes bets of the week. Uh, A lot of special offers on their side at the moment. Another one that tickled my fancy was Messi and Cavani both to score, eleven to four. That's possibly a better bet. I just don't really. I'm less sure about it. Is is why I've gone for the uh, Barca to win and both teams to score. But um, that's tonight and then man city and stoker play tonight as well man city to win and both teams to score 7 to 4 stoke to score first intriguingly 7 to 2 on thursday rostov against man united uh, united to win by three or more goals 12 to 5 yeah now, that's not i don't see that happening to be honest united barely score three goals anymore uh, united to score two or more second half goals 7 to 2 again i think that's um, that's a bit of a long shot so uh, make sure to check out those offers on ladbrokes and uh, special offers as well on Brighton versus Derby on Friday, uh Borough, Man City on Saturday, Arsenal at home to Lincoln in the FA Cup. Wow, <laughs> potential they might do skin! It. And Sunday, the old firm and Liverpool versus Burnley. We've Great. complained a lot about football today, Gav. Um, we have, yeah. I amn't quite ready to uh, to stop complaining, I suppose.
1: Uh, but we're going to we're going to offer solutions. How well, do we how we, do we, fix we it?
0: and the people, the people of Ireland, uh, have been in contact with us we uh did our ball back section on facebook Live just before we came on air here some really intriguing suggestions as to how to improve the now stagnant and failing (laughs) premier league (laughs) a lot of ga comparisons surprising number of (laughs) ga comparisons surprising number of actually genuine suggestions as well yeah Uh,
1: there was a couple of interesting ones yeah
0: so um cheers for all of you who, who got in contact with us sorry as well if we didn't get to your comment Literally, as we stopped the video, we saw a couple coming in that were really, uh, we really enjoyed. PJ Brown, for example, of this office, yeah. had the suggestion that uh, it be drawn out of a hat at the start of the season, which manager manages which team. <sighs> so just an open draw. And Sam sorry. Allardyce finally gets his dream job at Man United. Uh, a
1: finger would still get Arsenal. <laughs> I'm, I'm <laughs> fairly certain of that. Yeah. that. Yeah. Well, yeah, That's, they're, they're eternally damned. It's a given. To it.
0: it's a given. Um, let's throw to it
1: get double the odds on first goal scorer with Ladbrokes that's right if you're winning first goal scorer scores in the opening 20 minutes of selected live matches then Ladbrokes will double the odds available in Ladbrokes shops nationwide 18 plus terms and conditions apply to louis.net
0: oh and welcome to the balls.ie football show that's our football show here on balls.ie and uh, it's live uh, at the moment
1: anyway yeah uh,
0: my own name is Gavin Casey and I'm joined by Arson Wenger apologist Gavin Cooney. I love Wenger. Yeah, we won't be in a now. We'll talk about Arsenal on the actual podcast that will be available on iTunes as per usual. But what we want to hear from you today is your outrageous uh, slash ridiculous slash valid uh, I suppose means of changing the
1: Premier League And improving the Premier League Because we're kind of sick of it a little bit Gav It's been pretty dull for about two months Chelsea have won it yeah. And all that's left is kind of the battle for fourth place And the battle for to, to avoid relegation But it's all kind of samey you know It seems to be the that's same thing radical. every year
0: Gav almost you know um, uh, I know David Kent on Twitter uh, Got back to us saying just get rid of Chelsea Yeah and, and I wondered Do you then redistribute the points Or do you just get rid of them all together I either way, I'm fine with it, really, yeah. because I've beaten pretty much everybody, so I don't think it'll make a huge difference. Uh, this is all based on a Guardian article from a couple of days ago. Yeah, but it was, but that was even based on an idea from what 1926 or something by like Old that?
1: Herbert Chapman, the other great Herb. Arsenal visionary before Arsene Wenger. Uh, Richard Keyes liked this uh, oddly enough, but unlike what most things that Richard Keyes likes, this is actually quite valid. Uh, it suggested uh, relegating half the Premier League. Now, you might think, well, why would you do that? But what it would do, it would strip relegation of the kind of fatalistic disaster that it normally is. So there's only three teams that are going down. Um, but if, if half the division go down, you know, it's less of a panic if you go down. So there might actually be fewer managerial sackings that if half the team go down, uh, half the league go down, that means half the bottom division go up. So, right. you know, there's a better chance of going back up. And plus, it would be just more, vari- more variation in the league. It's a million miles better. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I don't know. Does it sort of take away
0: from as much as we're sort of complaining about, like the relegation battle? Like, does it just mean it barely matters anymore, or like I don't know? I don't know how it works. I mean, one of, one of my ideas, one of my own ideas. Mm. And we can see comments coming in. We'll get to them in a second. But like, given that Arsenal are so so shit and they're annoying as well, Arsenal because they're obviously going to finish in the top four. As yeah, they always do. And this is something that I've said in the podcast before. I want to bring in some sort of a situation where. There is a specific position in the league table for Arsenal that doesn't interfere at all with the rest of the league. So the way I see it is like, you know, top Chelsea, second Man City, third, Ar- well, Tottenham maybe Tottenham. this season. Then, we'd have, well, then we'd have Arsenal in Arsenal. Right, so that's a separate position. But there's still a fourth place outside of that for
1: whoever. So United, and right. what do Arsenal get in Arsenal? Do they get into the Champions League? oh they get Champions League as always I mean what I'm really
0: asking for and it's a little bit absurd is just an extra Champions League place for the Premier League which uh, you know it absolutely absolutely doesn't merit or deserve considering the uh, club's performances in Europe let's get to a um, couple
1: of the questions Darren Darren Weldon says support the League of Ireland instead Uh, we're waiting for that one Darren Uh, invest in youth academies that's kind of a a general one I like Hugh O'Farrell sudden death 20th place straight to League 2 gee that's unbelievable that's the that's roulette Death. So that's what nineteenth versus twentieth, and whoever loses goes to League Two, goes straight to League Two, and presumably goes bust as a result. Goodbye, Sunderland. Yeah, but Goodbye, it provides an unbelievable
0: fairy tale story when the breakaway club from whoever comes twentieth, you know, climbs the divisions in due course, um, and you find I don't know Middlesbrough versus the Riverside Reds <laughs> in an FA Cup third round clash. That's like a pro Evo game. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I like this, uh, Ray O'Shea says, the Dublin GA footballs, footballers would put half the Premier League teams to shame. Um, oh, yeah. yeah, it depends on, uh, watch me with that really, Ray, I suppose there's a lot of Premier League. I mean, League if they were to play Gaelic like football, Ray, Probably they probably would. I'd say there's a lot of Premier League teams that look at Dublin football with an element of
1: envy, and you see those big <laughs> deals, those
0: big commercial deals. <laughs> that GPS, baby.
1: You know That's, that's hard to compete with. You know, all oh, the home games, like they don't have to go on the road. It's, that's true. It's a, it's a dream. <laughs> that's true, yeah, yeah. Uh, sinbin for a cynical foul, says Tom O'Donoghue. I think that's... I mean, so much of this is applicable to the guy, to be honest. Um, <laughs> well, they tried the Sinbin and Gar. Oh, no, no, this is amazing. By Jack McCambridge. Make Theo Walcott playing a team on his own managed by Moisey. Make Theo great again.
0: Oh, managed by Moisey. What's that's the that point? Part, it
1: took me a while to register that. But, well, well Moisey made something decent out of Yanizai at United. He might make the same out of... Yeah, yeah, and and he's doing okay at
0: Sunderland as well at the moment. You know? Yeah, but, uh, uh,
1: we had our own couple in the office as well. I like the idea. So there's so much in pre uh, pre-game in Premier League games uh, put on who wins the mind games. Yeah. Now nobody actually ever wins the mind games unless it's actually Alex Ferguson or Jose Mourinho. We're all. Losers. I mean, for example, Arsene Wenger can never win a mind game. Uh, so I like the idea of who wins the war of words between the managers, and then teams are attributed given a goal head start as a result. Now maybe this is a war of words in the like sit around this round table like belly and hay style except hopefully slightly more intelligent than that or else maybe it's like a physical challenge wow maybe it's like some kind of greco-roman wrestling so what you're saying is we need greece we need tony pulis there are two things we definitely do not need i think we can confirm that pretty much what you're saying is
0: whoever wins the managerial battle the managerial war of words that has a tangible effect on the actual outcome of the game yeah goal head start or and yeah the other team might be starting a goal behind It's interesting it makes yeah. it raises the stakes for the managers gav in an era and a climate where the stakes could scarcely be higher for them really I
1: would say that, but what I would also say would um, legitima, legitima, legitimize yeah. sorry our work in the media, which is by far the most important thing that the Premier League needs to look at. That's really what we're
0: looking for is uh, ways to make our jobs better. No, but seriously, um, there are a couple of people as well commenting, asking, will United get top four? Uh,
1: I'm not sure whether right, getting so- top four would improve the league necessarily. Let's, but- bin, let's bin fourth place for the Champions League and let's get creative as to how you give out that other fourth place. Now, it's been suggested give it to the winners of the FA Cup. Let's not do that. What I'd like to see is a kind of a cruiser, like a belt, like a, uh, like a wrestling or a boxing belt where whoever finishes fourth the season before has it on the first day of the season but whoever they lose to then gets the belt and it keeps getting passed along and the t- the side that gets into the Champions League is the side that has the belt at the end of the final day of the season so you yeah. could have like Bournemouth against Everton head to head for a place in Europe's elite do you reckon though that the problem with that considering
0: that the Premier League is so um, it, it all comes down to money now and, and <laughs> The whole thing is so commercial that we run the risk of having, like, interim championships and, like, eventually it's going to be Southampton versus, I don't know, Bournemouth for, like, the... Uh, EPL, intergalactic diamond belts, and all this kind of garbage, and like maybe you know, winning that belt gets you like up the rankings into the top fifteen. Like I, I think it could could get very messy. Like the UFC is going that way now. Yeah. Boxing has been that way for a long time. I, I don't know if it necessarily would improve the Premier League. I'd, what if you I, kept it honest, like to the to your system there, yeah. where it's only one belt,
1: that would be magnificent. Obviously, what I would say is that without, if that does come in without doubt, it would be the greatest intergalactic diamond belt in the world. <laughs> Uh, Mark Farrelly likes the idea that every April the Premier League Announce a random position that qualifies for the Champions League The race for 11th or whatever would hot up something fierce
0: So like you have a kind of a draw I guess at the start of the season Is it like No they only, you only drop it in April So like a lot of clubs are already out of the running And then, <laughs> uh, Every April they announce a random position Oh well that's very harsh Could it not be like I know the, the inherent flaw of doing that at the start of the season Is that if for example they draw like number nineteen out of it. Yeah. You have to try and get relegated. Like very few teams. <laughs> but I think also not find. finish twentieth. End up in league two. That's the thing. Oh yeah, there you go. That would be a fascinating playoff, oh, wouldn't it? Like loser, loser goes to league two in that playoff.
1: But you could no, you could be in league two and be playing Champions League. Could you? Uh, no, because the loser would have finished then finished twentieth and they go to league two. No, but isn't so there a is the playoff? There's a playoff. Between, oh, there's a between playoff 19th between nineteenth and twentieth. So say
0: if nineteen comes out. You've qualified for the Champions League, but right. you, if you lose the 20th, you'll be playing League 2. That's some hard Chelsea United stuff, right?
1: Uh, that's amazing. Derry Linehan says, bonus point for over three goals in a game. It's worthwhile shout. Be yeah. good news for the Liverpools and Man Citys of the world. Like and it. also whoever's playing the Liverpools and Man Citys of the world that week.
0: I suppose there is an argument to be made that like, as soon as a team, particularly the top teams, go like, two goals up or three goals up, they just sort of relax. And you know, the, from 60 minutes onwards in that type of game, unless the... Uh, Unless the trailing team does something, it's there's no point in watching it anymore. It's extremely
1: boring. Uh, Ray O'Shea is back in touch. Uh, in fitness, this is the our Dublin GA fan. Yeah. Uh, in fitness wise, and we do go on and we do go on the road sure the game against Kerry's in Tralee. It was sold out with 42,500. Uh, EPL is getting boring. Amateurs. Sure Sky is trying to make GA pr- pro with the Super Eight. The Sky agenda, the Sky the GA Sky, agenda The Sky, kind of like, I like that stream of consciousness there From Ray uh, Patrick O'Donovan, only be able to play pu- players from your own country That would ruin the Premier League <laughs> I mean, that would be it I mean, it would be much better if you couldn't pick any English players
0: Yeah, well, I mean, there have been examples of that in the past uh, like, As far back as the early 2000s I remember Arsenal fielded a team without an Englishman That happened recently as well, didn't it?
1: Yeah, Gianluca was the yeah, Chelsea were the first team to do it Back oh, right? in, yeah, yeah, back whenever whenever he, he took over. Uh, I mean, obviously, winter break is the kind of logical one.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's a that would make actual sense. I mean, we've been spouting nonsense here for long enough, but I mean, in terms of... I, I, then you, you hear, obviously, pundits saying going like, oh, Alan, did you get tired of your career? And he's like, no, no, I didn't. Like, so maybe that whole thing is overdone or maybe, just maybe because of the advances of football and, and the uh, physical intensity of the Premier League now, players actually get slightly more tired
1: than they did in yeah, the past. And I mean, if you do, intri- just have fewer games, you know, because we make so much about managers and how important that they are, but they never have any time to actually coach manage you know no. they just have to prepare to, they just have to hope they don't get too many injuries between having three games in a week that's it well listen um, have we got any more comments before we go uh, a couple of Rob Murphy says relegate Liverpool just because <laughs> I mean that's a I compelling that argument there by Rob Murphy uh, Sean Martin says the FA Cup winner gets the Champions League spot uh, so a lot of people giving out that Uh, We've brought the GA into it I think that's a very fair complaint (laughs) Uh, uh, Owen Green says The Premier League is absolutely perfect It doesn't need any change Does it? Maybe I'm being ignorant A winter break might be good Glad that Owen is so happy With the Premier League That we're also bloody bored with There you go And we'll
0: be speaking about it At greater length on the Balsalli Football Show, which will be available on iTunes this evening. We'll touch on Arsenal as well on that. And uh, keep the comments flying in. If you watch this on delay or if you're watching it back later, um, feel free to comment and uh, we'll get to it at some point for sure. So we'll read a few more out on the actual show. But uh, until then, from Gav and Gav, take it easy. So thanks again for all of those suggestions. Really enjoy those. The Dublin GA comparison, particularly, uh, in particular, I should say, sort of, Intrigued me. Mm. Uh, Just the fact that. It didn't intrigue all the commenters now. It certainly did. I mean, not not
1: everyone was thrilled for us to divert talking about Gaelic football.
0: Dublin GA, though, the footballers are definitely like the most Premier League team in Maybe the only Premier League sort of team in the GA. It's just a completely different kettle of fish. Um, But that's for a different podcast. The Hard Shoulder uh, on our other
1: podcast feed. But um, yeah,
0: any suggestions there, Jump Out of You, that you actually think could
1: be implemented apart from a winter break? The winter break is the obvious one. Um, I'm determined to implement my uh, pre, pre-match manager wars.
0: I think that's one of the finest ones, to be honest with you, Kev. I know like some of the commentators, uh, their suggestions were great, but like when I heard that one, I was like, whoa, hang on. I mean, something at stake at press conferences. Like, you put on Sky Sports News now I mean it's on a loop in every building in the country basically and mm. it's someone talking bollocks about something or other behind a desk oh you know we're, we're all why's about, it always got
1: to be a foreign manager <laughs> well,
0: not even that but like you know the actual managerial press conferences where it's like oh sorry we're only you know we're looking ahead to Stoke now on Wednesday oh I don't give a fuck so imagine yeah let's put something, the,
1: to, something at stake there. that
0: being on in the background and some managerial press conference comes on and the whole room is like oh hold on <laughs> 'Cause there's something <laughs> at stake, you know. I am I'm all on board. But uh by the way, I mean if you're listening at home and you have any more suggestions, no, please feel free it. to get in touch. Just tweet us at the hashtag ball bag.
1: The ball bag. The 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 there. the is very important there. Uh because if it's just uh, like a lot of people who don't listen to this show, imagine there are there are some people who who don't. Uh they kind of weirdly tweet a lot of pictures of all, you, of ball bags I tell you what Cooney it's no coincidence that the
0: people who don't listen to this show tweet <laughs> ball bags <laughs> on that note that's all we have time for here on the Balls. E football show reminded that you can subscribe on iTunes just search Balls.E football or the Balls.E football show or the football show by Balls, Balls. E in the iTunes search bar Yeah, and then select podcasts if you can't find it I mean, <laughs> it's really basic stuff Yeah. Um We'd appreciate any reviews, ratings that you might leave us. I mean, if you're feeling generous, why not? Spread uh, the good word. The good word of the Lord. Uh, Thanks be to God, this is over. Uh, (laughs) Until next time, take it easy.